When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to catch up with Ali Gotti. So much to talk to him about. Plus, today's interview being delivered to you by my friends over at GoPuff. GoPuff is changing the way you get things delivered. Thousands of items available right in the palm of your hand. From home goods to electronics to booze to snacks, whatever you need, whenever you need it. Go puff it. Come on. I go puff it. They've changed the way I live. Try them out today. Download the app and save $10 off your first two orders. All you got to do is use the code Zach10 when you are checking out. Go puff it. You won't regret it. Zach10. Use it. You'll save 10 bucks off your first two orders. Okay? Okay. Appreciate you. Ali Gotti, let's go. I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, Ali Gotti. You got it, man. No, I fucked it up. No, Ali Gotti, you got it. <laughs> it it rhymes. Ali Gotti, you know? It does rhyme. It, it, you that's, know, that's the easy way to remember. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it rhymes. Your life is really interesting. Because mm-hmm. you've... You lived in two other places pretty much before Canada. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, I mean, I was born in Yemen. I, I probably only lived there for like a year, so I don't remember anything there. Uh, but I'm, I'm Iraqi, so my parents are from Iraq. They left Iraq because uh, I think it was like a war or something at the time. I'm, and so they they like kind of like escaped to Yemen and then they moved to um, Abu Dhabi because um, my mom yeah so that's that's where I like grew up like young grew up and then Canada's where like all my formative years happened so, uh, Toronto Canada okay so how long were you in uh, at what age did you leave Abu Dhabi Abu Dhabi I was there until I was in grade three which was probably like what eight nine years old I think something like between yeah. eight to ten I don't know the exact. Which is a really yeah. interesting place to grow up, even for that uh, that amount of time. Yeah, and especially at that time when I was there, it wasn't like how it is now. You no. know, like now it's like very modern and everything's built out. Like I, when I was there, it was still kind of like there was like skyscrapers, but it was still a lot of desert. And I didn't grow like grow up in the city. City was kind of still like the outskirts, so it was d- definitely very secluded. When I moved to Canada, I was like, whoa, like this is not what I thought the world was like. Did was, you grow up with like expats there? No, because because we were like. No, at that time, not really, because my mom, my mom was a doctor, so she was working at like a hospital. Dude, I grew up in like a really weird area. It was like kind of, the, it was like a border city to the next country. I don't remember, maybe to Saudi Arabia. So it was not even like in the city, city, and it was like a gated kind of community, yeah. but more like a gated like, like every everything you needed was in that community. It's like basically all the doctors and nurses lived there. Totally. And in there, like they provide you the house. You don't really have to, you don't can't really buy houses there, out there unless you're from like uh, yeah, UAE. It's, it's really yeah. weird. And so they give you the house. And you're just like, this is where you live. And so it was it was different compared to Canada. It was completely different. Like, you know. So uh, when do you start making music? Do you explore it at all in Abu Dhabi? You know, like now when I look back at it, it's like I definitely was singing all the time. I, c- I couldn't even remember what I was singing. It was definitely Arabic music. I do remember like like finding about 50 Cent back when I was still young because mm-hmm. my older brother would like things like that. But 
I like to sing and my siblings would make fun of me for it. Like, oh, you suck at singing. Like, stop singing. Or, like, in the shower, I'd be singing so loud. Or, like, all oh, the neighbors can hear you or something. But that's me looking back at it now. Like, my dad got me, like, a cassette player, I remember, for my birthday. So, clearly, there was an interest. But, like, until I became an artist, I never looked back and be like, oh, dude, I was always really interested in music. But it was just, like, a thing I did. I didn't, I never thought I'd be a singer. I never thought I'd even try to become a singer. So, what changes in Toronto? Toronto, I mean, even early on, dude, I'm, like, from, like, for like immigrant family my parents left uae for like a better life in canada so we can get education right so the whole plan was always like my parents plan was like i'm, I'm one of four siblings like we're gonna move to canada so these kids can go to university and get good jobs right that was the whole thing so that was ingrained on like in my mind it was never like not an option to not go to university and i didn't hate school but i was good at school but i didn't love it but i was like i could do this so in grade, i was in grade 12 my senior year i was like um just doing my university stuff like i applied to a bunch of schools and I didn't get into the one school I really wanted to go to. So I decided to do like a, it's called grade 13. I don't know if you guys have that here. So it's like I opted in myself, even though I had a bunch of university offers. Um, and I kind of wanted a little more time to decide what to do. So I did grade 13. And in that year, I kind of realized like, dude, do I really want to do that? Because I got in into school and I thought it would make me happy and feel proud. <sighs> but I wasn't. I was like, dude, this is not what I want to do. I still ended up going to one semester in, at university. And then I was like, this is just not, this is not it. And I was kind of making music at that time. And when I seen how much I hated university, I was like, I can't waste my life doing something I hate. So when do you realize that music could be something real? Is it that Joe Budden contest that you took I part mean, in? like, that was like, I started in 2016, like, started making music. I was a rapper. I was going by Ali G at the time, so it was, it was, it was a different branding. And because Toronto was not cool to be a singer. It was like, people make fun of me. So I was rapping for a year, but it was still very, like, just rapping for fun. And then 2017, I think, is when I won that contest. That was the first time I ever was like recognized and I, I got, I made money, I made $3,000 and I was like, dude, maybe I'm not just crazy. Cause I always thought like, I'm one song away, like I'm the next Post Malone. Or cause like, you'd see that happen. Like Post Malone just drops White Iverson, he becomes the biggest artist. <laughs> or we saw Nav blow up cause he's from like Toronto. And it just happened so quick that I'm just like, it's just gonna happen if I just keep dropping music, one song is gonna go randomly become big. It was kind of like not the smartest mentality, but that's what I thought was the way. The Joel Biden thing was a good like, kind of positive affirmation like okay maybe this is right but it wasn't until like a year after that till things really picked up for me but that was good because like between 2016 to 2018 early 2018 there was like all failure and that was like the one success so it probably helped me just like at least something's happening i bought like an iphone and stuff i was like oh, i got my own phone and stuff. so i was like to keep swinging you know it kind of gave me that little push to keep swinging you know uh yeah that's like uh it's weird that the internet like in that contest could give you that validation to keep going really genuinely probably maybe when you needed it but mm -hmm. when did you want to like when did society tell you that you couldn't necessarily rap but you should be singing I don't even know if it was society. I think like me rapping was, I, I love to rap. So like I love rap music and I still like rap now here and, here and there, but that was more me like, it was it was more like Toronto culture. Like people just, it, it was not cool to be a singer. Like think about it, what, how many singers really come out of Toronto? Obviously you have like Justin Bieber, but that's like completely different route. Yeah. But like a guy that looks like me, that's like grew up like me, like immigrant, there's no, like there's no singers. It's like The weekend, but mm -hmm. he's a different type of singer too. No singers have ever really come out of Toronto. This is like Jesse Reyes, girls, yeah. Mm. But guys, if you think about it, it's like Shawn Mendes. But Shawn Mendes is like still different than me, you know? So you did it because you felt like you had to. I felt like, yeah. It was definitely like... Like you you, yeah. you liked rap, but you felt like... I, I liked rap, but I also like Ed Sheeran is one of my favorite artists. So I, I knew I, I liked to sing more, yeah. but I never thought to do it. And I think I was just trying to be cool. And maybe that was still like when I was still insecure and I wasn't really making music because I want to, but I loved rap. So it's not like that I didn't love it. I just, 
at some point I made a love song and people liked it. And I was like, dude, people like this way more than my rap. So maybe I just do this. And then that's when I realized like, dude, this is what I really love to do. And this is what I'm actually really good at. And there was no one doing it. So I felt like this is my pocket where I can outshine everybody. Cause there's like a thousand Toronto rappers. It's like such a hard market to break. Every artist in Toronto is like a rapper, right? And so I was like, I'm a, and, and they had a different image than me. And like, I was like, uh, uh, the, the rap community wasn't really gonna accept me anyway. Um, so I just became a singer. <laughs> Did you feel like the rap community wasn't gonna accept you? Yeah, definitely. Like, there's this there's this page called Six Buzz in Toronto. I don't know if you guys know it. It's like it's like our world star. It's, it's pretty <laughs> huge. And at that time, I paid Six Buzz to like post a video of me rapping, and everyone was just like hating. I'm like, who's this dude? <laughs> there was like people because I just didn't look like every other rapper, and just people like were just like being closed minded. And I was like, maybe this is not the best way. For, this is not the best route for me to go. And yeah, I made like a love song, and it just worked way better. And I was like, at the first one I made. And so I was like, I was always singing and rapping, but then I like really focused on singing. That's when things started to pick up for me. Are you talking about Moonlight? Moon, so my first, my first actual song that kind of picked up was a song called Losing You. But that was the first time I did like, cause I kind of blew up doing, before snippets were a thing, I was like doing snippets. Yeah. I was like in my car singing my songs. And so there was a song called Losing You. I did that kind of got like a little bit of buzz, maybe like a hundred thousand streams over a month. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then I did a song called Can't Lie. And that got like in the, a million maybe. And then Moonlight was the next one. Moonlight was like, even then, like, dude, Moonlight did 10,000 streams the first day. So, like, now looking back, it's like a platinum record. But it's it ne I never had, like, the, oh, my God, overnight. It's You was the first, like, huge, like, 1.5, 2 million streams the first day on the charts. But Moonlight was the one that got, like, the rest of the world, like, record labels and managers. And definitely that was a song that opened everyone's eyes. Like, oh, this could, could be something. Yeah, it, it got people talking. Yeah. It, it got, put you on radar. Yeah, it put me on radar, like, music industry-wise, for sure. But that, I mean, that, the truth is, like, behind every, like, big, big hit, they're, they're usually, in, in long-standing careers, there tend to be, like, a couple other ones behind yeah. it, you know, that grow yeah. over time. My overnight success moment, it's like, people don't, people don't realize how many, like, nights of failure there. Like, there was, like, thousands of nights, and there was, a, like, even though It's You was kind of, like, the song that really made everyone find out about me, it was like there was a probably hundred songs before that no one ever w will hear. Do you still you have know? them? I have everything. I go through like voice notes. I have all my voice notes, and that's how I usually write most of my music. So those go back to like 2015, and I have them on my phone. Sometimes I go back and get inspired, and they were pretty bad, but it inspires me to be like, dude, like how did you pull? How did you get from there to to here? And sometimes it's like I don't, I don't take things in the in the moment, but when I look back at like how how things have changed is when I can really take in like, damn dude, like I dreamt of being here, but now that I'm here, I'm dreaming of something new. And so it's good sometimes for me to reflect. That, so, I, I mean, was there any trial and error? There had to have been trial and error between you rapping and trying to croon and like yeah. find your voice. Yeah, I mean, my first song was like a rap song. My second song was a singing song. So I, w I was back and forth. But when I say singing, it was like when I really like doubled down on like love songs and like, I used to just freestyle all the time. So I was just like freestyle and I would never write. I was just like freestyle songs. And then maybe put like the freestyles together or just freestyle all the way through. That was like the first two years of making music. When I started writing is when songs got like exponentially better and the and the streams got much like the the attention got much bigger. When I really started like writing songs and taking more like a po po poetic or like a poetry perspective to like every lyric needs to matter. These songs need to like I can't just say a line just because it rhymes. And that's when I realized, dude, I love writing more than I love singing. And so I just focused on that. Cause I never really thought I was a good singer. I still struggle with that now. I'm I'm pretty like insecure about my voice, but I'm not, I'm very confident in my writing ability. So, I think at some point I just was like, dude, who cares? 
and people like my voice like you know so i was like okay people like it but i still struggle with that to be honest do you think about selling some records or giving some records to other artists yeah i mean i'd love to do that but i think like for me it would only make sense if it was like in the in like if an artist was like dude i love your music let's write together and then i was in a room with them and understood what they wanted i have a bunch of songs that like i wouldn't mind sending to people if they wanted it but i feel like i don't know if people really get placements like that anymore i feel like the big writers sure but I'm more into like let's get in the room and write it together so I can make sure to give them what they want. But dude, if someone ever heard one of my songs and I wasn't using it, like I'll, I'll gladly, I'd love that. I'd love to build my credibility as a writer. You Do know? you need to come out of a session with a song? I've been like recently on. I'm doing most of my sessions at home alone or like with my engineer. So like, why? I just I don't know. Like I started like that, right? I started alone. I don't produce, so like I'll be me and a producer. Or like people would send me like uh, loops, like piano or guitar mm -hmm. loops. And I made all my big records like that, right? And then I got kind of big, and I got like a manager and the label, and they were like, you need to work with writers. And I did that, and I met a lot of cool people and made a lot of cool songs. But I do feel like now, like reflecting back, I lost a bit of my my sauce and myself in doing that. And now I'm trying, for this next album I'm working on, I'm trying to go back to like, I might do a, like an almost no collaboration on the, on the writing side and just go back to writing how I write. Because I feel like I had a specific way of how I made music that was a little different, and maybe that's what gave me kind of the attention I got at first. Mm. And then I think I got caught up in like, oh, I need to make a pop radio here. I've never been on radio. I need to this. I need to make an urban song. I need to make a song that has like more energy. It can't just be ballads all the time. But I think that was outside pressure. That was like management, label. And they just wanted me to like improve and like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like transform and not just stay like in, in a box. But I think there's a balance I need to find. You know? That pressure is intense. Like the like it is. The, the want to have a pop radio hit and like to yeah. do it all. Yeah. Like you can really get blinded mm -hmm. by what that is. I think that's what happened to me. It really blinded me and it made me start making music for the wrong reasons. Like oh, I'm when when, when I try to write a song because I want it to be a radio hit. Like that that song has no love in it. it. That's that defeats the purpose of why I wanted to become an artist. Right? You were supposed to just make music because you love making music and let the world decide how they feel about it. Um. When I realized, there was like a year where I was like trying to make hits. And also because I had had a hit, and now it's like, I need to follow this up, and like, I can't fall off. And so that pressure gets to you. It's like, you know, I know you always said, like, what if that's your, that's the one, you know? And so that, that crosses your mind. Um, and especially because like management and record labels, like they, they like, I feel like, you know, they build off the big moments, you know? They, oh, they're yeah. not as good as building off the small moments, but I kind of built my fan base off the small, like consistent, small, and just like staying Organic. there. Organic. Yeah, and then I had that big moment, but it wasn't like, I never been in like, I'm gonna make one song and put all my money into it and like just force people to like it. It was like, when the people liked it, that's when I would go all in and I'd put everything into it. And so I, it's it's a balance. It's not like my manager and label are wrong, you know, that, there's a, that is a formula that works, but I'm starting to notice like, the more I spend on a, on a music video, the more I try to like make something feel big, it like doesn't connect with my fan base. And I think maybe it's because it was the fact that I was never trying to impress you that impressed my fans, you know? And so I'm really trying to get back to that. Like, I'm, How do you have that even realization? I mean, like, I always knew, you know, it's like in, as, a, as a creator, as artist, I always knew in my heart that like my gut feeling is right. But like, I also am like not ignorant enough to be like, dude, like my manager is successful. Like he manages The Weeknd and Doja mm -hmm. Cat and like, He's not, he's not like a no-name manager. He clearly knows what he's doing. My, my record label executive, he's not, these aren't people that like just started. And they've been, <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta try their approach, get their advice. And I feel like now I've tried it enough to understand the fine balance of like, okay, I can't just make the same love ballad over and over, but that doesn't mean I gotta try to become like 
Justin Bieber, you know? Mm. I got to just find my pocket of, you know, because Adele's been making piano ballads her whole career. Totally. She's fine, you know? She's one of the, you know, <laughs> at Sheeran, like, he liked Davos, but, like, he's still Bruno Mars. Like, a lot of these guys stayed who they were, you know? But then there's artists like The Weeknd who didn't, who changed a lot, and it worked really well, right? And so there's no, I'm starting to learn there's no right or wrong. It's just I got to do what I want to do because I'm the one who has to be Ali Gaddy at the end of the day, That's... right? And I, ha- I have to be able to live with the person I, the persona I create, and so and, I think that's why I'm this next album. I think I'm gonna just try to make a full album alone and just make it sound as much as me as it can. And whatever people think of it, that's up to them. It's not up to me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What were you trying to do on Who Hurt You? Were you trying to make that for you or were you trying to make that pop hits? Yeah, I mean, Who Hurt You, like, the real, like, purpose for that for me was I really wanted to close the chapter of, like, because for me, like, we were talking, when I met you, it was, like, was kind of almost at the peak of my career. I had It's You come out 2019 summer and then what if I told you my two biggest songs come six months apart and then I had a sold out world tour everything was great and then COVID happens right and so a lot of people did blow up in COVID but I feel like I I would blow up right before he did and so COVID killed me like no one blew up like in February March April but everyone was like everyone that had stuff ready for the stat summer is that's when they said because everyone was at home mm-hmm. but it hit me like at the worst time because mm-hmm. it's when everyone was scared like the stock market crash nobody would care and I had just dropped music and I had like a tour. So I wasn't planning on like, my plan was to go on tour. And then it was like, my manager was like, dude, like March, we got sent home or like, and he's like, dude, during like two, three months, things are going to go back to normal. We're going to reschedule the tour. Right. And so I'm just waiting. And like, I lost kind of at the peak of my career, all my momentum. Mm-hmm. Just like, what do I do? What do I do? And then it's like, okay, no, maybe we need to make music. And so that kind of hurt me, I think a lot. And so. Yeah, I mean, but even it's I, life, it's you, life, you know. You still, bro, you're about to go on a tour. Yep, in finally. Ad, in addition to that, it is life. But also, we live in a world where you can drop a record tomorrow change and it can change everything. And that's the cool part. That's what keeps me going, man, because it's happened to me. So I know yeah. it can happen. And it'll happen again. And it's like, nowadays, it's even easier. It's like, dude, I might make a TikTok and change my life. Yeah, you know, like there might be a clip from this interview that changed. It's totally. like that's the cool thing about being an artist, which I love the most, is, and I'm trying really hard to like stop chasing those moments because it's like they'll come if they're supposed to happen, and I truly believe in like the power of like you know manifestation mm. and the universe yes. and like I truly believe the more you chase something, the farther you like it's like you're pushing it away. So I'm trying to just like live in the moment, enjoy it, go back to making music because I love making music. And just be myself because at the end of the day like if i become the biggest artist or not it won't matter if i'm not happy right and so with who hurt you to answer that question is like it's half what i wanted but it's half like i wanted to close that chapter of those records right they never got to be on an album and it was like they just were, they were on an ep and so i kind of wanted to close that chapter um and you know and I, I i wanted to go on tour and a lot of those songs like some songs I made a long time ago. It was a really weird album for me because it was like, I had a bunch of songs that were supposed to be on the last album and then the album never happened because of COVID. And so it was like, it was kind of difficult. But while I was working on that, I, I was working on this current album that I'm working on now. Uh, so, so I saved some songs that I think are better than some of the songs I put out. 
because I wanted to do a full album that's like me, like Pumper. I'm just for me. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I'm, if my manager doesn't like it, I'm gonna be like, dude, this is what I like. If you don't like it, I'm putting it out. This is how I want to put it out. And I just want to go back to doing things different because I feel like that was what, what like made me special. So, when you think of the ideal era of your career so far, do you think is it you? What is it? What no, no, you is not the album. It's before you. you yeah, I mean, you was like my first EP. I did two EPs, and then this Who Hurt You was technically my first album. Got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I mean, I saw I Moonlight came out in August 2018, right? And then I and then I signed around then. And then I didn't put any music out till June 2019. And I was like really upset about that. And a lot of that was just like, my previous managers were like, no, like it was a whole thing. You need to go to LA, you need to work with new producers. You can't just work with the people you've been working with like in your hometown. Like totally. it needs to feel bigger like these. And like, I was Canada just- Canada is such an amazing place to make music. It is. And also I, they support yeah. artists like nobody's business. It's true. But I got caught up from that time is when I got caught up in like, I should have just been like, dude, I've, I built myself here alone. And I got every record label in the world interested and everyone wants to sign me and like I should have been confident enough to be like I don't care what any manager or anyone thinks yeah. I'm gonna do it my way uh, But I didn't I think I got caught up in like but then six months later I dropped the biggest song of my life and it's the first song ever with the label and as, as much as it was good And then now the labels expecting like every song to be like that. I'm like wait wait, wait like <laughs> this is like some viral like I believed in the record and I did what I could to promote it But a song that big is kind of out of your control like the world decided that song is gonna be what it is and then, th so I had pressure from day one to follow up. And it was like, that's when, you know, but the, I, I dropped that EP, it was a good EP, and I did the tour off that EP, and it was sold out. Things were, were going fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm working on just, like, letting go of that pressure. and not Because it's not from me. I don't care if my next song is the biggest hit. I just care if my fans love it, and if I'm improving, and I'm having fun. Do I would I want it to be a hit? Obviously, you know it's nice to be like recognized for but your again, work. But again, it will come. Yeah, and I truly believe that. And so I think I'm gonna just let everyone in my team know and be like, "This is what I believe." If you don't believe it, that's on you. You know, like, but but the truth is, like, dude, I I mean, you have you have hits under your belt. Yeah, I have a couple, definitely. You, you definitely have a community yeah. of people who follow you mm -hmm. and still listen to your music every day. Yeah. You have a tour that we're embarking on. I'm excited about that, man. Link in the description below. How do you assemble the arrangement for this tour? Is it you in a band? Is it you alone? Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been trying to figure that out. My first tour, I did four-piece band, but for the size venues, I feel like I kind of it, it killed the, the 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 stage, and I was just kind of like like stuck yeah. in my own corner. So now I'm trying to decide between like three-piece, maybe two-piece. I definitely want a drummer because I feel like that gives shows mm. the energy. Um, so I, I might do a two-piece band. Because I, I want to learn how to use the stage, you know, because I've only done eight shows ever, right? I'm not, I'm no experienced performer. Still to this day? Till I've, I did six, like, Coachella? The, the show, yeah, I did six shows in North America. LA was the sixth one. And then I did uh, Malaysia, Cairo. And that was like my world tour. Then it, we got sent home, right? And I did Dubai. So I did, so I've done, that's what? That's nine. And then Coachella. So I did, <laughs> and Coachella was twice. So that's 11 shows to my name. That's like including any performances. I've never even done like, Performances at all like you know, I've done like are you nervous? I'm pretty nervous because like I said my my voice is the thing I'm probably most insecure about um, Because I'm like a studio rat like I I learned how to sing in the studio yeah. and like that's a completely different thing than singing live um, Coachella helped because that was way more scary than what my tour will, will be I think because I knew most people there probably didn't know me or they didn't come for me for sure But my tour I'm like dude like when I get nervous I'm like dude, these people pay money to see you like they're gonna have fun. They're there because they want. No one's forcing anyone to come. Um, but I can't say I'm not nervous. I'm definitely nervous. And LA is my second show, and that's like the most high pressure show. I feel like. 
So that makes me more nervous. But I'm trying to let go of those pressures. Like, if my fans have fun, I don't care. You know, if that's if, priority. If, yeah. Like, and they will have fun because they're there to have fun, you know? So when you're writing music today, are you writing for you or for everybody else? I've always kind of written for everybody else when it comes to like the world, right? Like, there was a stage where I was kind of writing to try to impress my manager or a label or like the Spotify, Amazon, whatever. But I always wrote like, and I think the reason my records did so well is because I, n- I never made them too personal. They're always from me and my feelings, but I always wrote it like, how do I get Zach to feel to feel that? Or like, what's the most relatable like way I can present this idea? And I think that's why they're like, so like people sing along at the shows mm-hmm. and it's like relatable because I'm not like, I'm telling you my story, but it's not so specific that it's like only can relate to me. I'm not like on this Sunday or all I have used days, but it's not like, exactly what happened to me like so i try to even be sometimes i won't even say like he or she in a song i'll purposely say you uh, or they because if it's a guy listening i want to want him to like lose that connection or a girl applies to everybody yeah so i've always written songs for the world i feel like what if i told you that i love you mm-hmm. it's a good record thank you man what was that conversation like i mean i'm not gonna lie like i didn't really like think that song was gonna do it i was when i was working on that song um I, I got like this loop from my from my friend Sam and I was writing it and I was like dude this is corny I was like I'm not gonna like make this and I was like working on it and then this other producer Danny Boy who I've collaborated with a lot he's like dude you should finish this and I was like dude this is so corny I'm never gonna drop a song like, what if I told you I love you it's just like some like like little kid kind of music that's what I thought I was not like you know because I was just making music I never was like making it to re- and then he was like dude you're tripping this is a cool concept so I was like alright I finished it I'm not going to say I loved it, to be honest. And then I, I tried, like, snippeting a bunch of other music. And then I randomly posted a snippet on this, and it just went crazy on TikTok, you know? I posted, like, one or two, and they, they did, like, okay. Then I posted The Hook, and it was, like, my biggest social media video ever. And then I was like, dude, people love this. Like, mm. And then I think I started to, like, listen to the song in a different way. And I was like, dude, this is a cool concept. Because, like, as much as it is a kind of corely line, like, what if I told you I love you? Would you tell me that you love me back? It's kind of like people go through that. And, and that's the kind of beauty in my music. It's you. It's always you. Like, if I'm ever going to follow, it's going to be you. You think, like, dude, that's not a, that's not an elaborate, like, smart lyric. But it really is because it's so simple and it connects. Um, no, instantly connects. You know? And so, and, then, and, like, even titling the song, What If I Told You That I Love You, everyone's like, oh, that's too long of a title. I'm like, but that's why people are listening to the song. So it's like, yeah. I, I couldn't say, like, It's You I knew was going to be big. I, I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was. I had a feeling when I wrote, I'm like, this is, this is a good song. What if I told you, man? Like, maybe I would never finish it if that producer was in the room. So shout out to Danny Boy. Have you had that feeling about another song since? Moonlight, I definitely knew. It's you. Um, yeah, and then I feel like some of these new songs I'm working on, this song I'm working on called Scared of Love. I think I'm going to perform it on tour. It's off my next project. Um, I have a feeling about that one, a good feeling, which is why I'm going to perform it. Um... I had a song called Can't Let You Go that I really thought was going to be huge, and it did well. It was like, did pretty well, but it wasn't like massive or anything. Um, Are you actually scared of love? This song is about the uh, uh, the like the other person being scared of love. Uh, I'm not too scared of love, man. I think now now that I'm 25, like I'm I'm open to it. I'm not I'm not scared, but I think I'm so like self aware now when it comes to that. Like I don't. I mean, I've never been through, like, a traumatic thing where, like, the love of my life, like, cheated on me or something and, like, broke my heart. And if I went through something like that, I probably would be scared of love. And so, but I'm open to love, man. I like it. 
I even like the idea of heartbreak because it gives life like purpose, meaning. Like, yeah. what's love without heartbreak? What's happiness without sadness? What's like, you know? It's true. So, it's important. You need both. How'd you feel about butterflies when you wrote it? Did you know that was a good one? Butterflies, I, I, yeah. I mean, Max wrote the song, right? Originally, I know you're a big Max fan, Love right? Max. <laughs> so he made that song. He sent it to me, and I was like, "This is a great song." I could, uh, everyone thought it was a great song, and then I couldn't really figure out how to go on it because our voices are so different. And then I was like, "Also, this is such a personal song." He wrote about his like kid. I'm like, "How? I don't want to ruin this song." <laughs> so I tried a bunch of things, and then I was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. Like, I want to work with you. I want to make a song, but I, I, I don't have anything." Then I seen him start like snippeting again. I'm like, and then I was like, dude, this song's gonna come out without me, and I I like this song, <laughs> and I kind of got like a little like, nah, okay, let me. And then I tried again, and I hit it, and I was like, dude, I like this. I sent him, he loved it. I I, th I knew that song was gonna do well, and it did really well. But How that was a good song. And he put a lot of positive, like, he was such a positive dude. I'm like, this song's gonna do well because he's just manifesting so like well right now. I'm just gonna ride this like frequency, and he he worked it, man. He he works hard. That, oh. that guy works really hard. You know, I learned and I learned a lot from him. He like. He definitely put a lot Bro. into it, and he, he got the results. I'm you know? telling you, I've talked to more artists. Like he's like in the top one percent of people who just yeah. have fucking been to more radio stations. He works, man. It's he, like, like, dude, like that's like, I, it's just an understatement to say yeah. works. Like yeah. it really is. Like it's, it's almost insanity. Yeah. Dude, he directed that video. Like he was literally directing the video. Like I think he was a director. I don't know if there was a director. He was like <laughs> sitting. In, he's like, he was like, like he's like setting the frame up. I was like, dude, like. He's very involved, like, and passionate. He Dude. loves. He did it because he does it because he loves it, and it's a beautiful song. And like the energy, that's what I'm saying he, that was a beautiful song. And I'm not saying he never wanted it to be a hit or want like success out of it, but the energy was right, and it's true to his sound. And he wrote it about a beautiful thing, and that's the type of music I want to make, you know, with, with anyone or with, or by myself. So as you look into the next album, because is that the area you're like kind of focused on? Is what's next? That's why. I mean, I'm like, I have an album almost done. Now, but I'm gonna go on tour. I'm gonna still keep working throughout the next year, cause I just dropped an album. I'm not gonna like drop an album right away, but I could drop an album right now. I have and and like it, it's not like all the songs I've made. These are like the songs I've chosen from like, yeah. So I've been working on this for a while and just manifest like in my notes. It's it's like the album that will change my life. That's what I'm titling it. That's not what I'm gonna call it, but I just feel good about it. You know, my best friend feels good good about it. Who's been with me from like day one, and we just feel like this is the most Ali Gaddy I've been and. It's kind of like what you're saying. Like, I just truly believe if I put out all these records in a smart way, one of them will work, yeah. you know? And even if it doesn't, I don't care because I know my fans will love it for sure. And really, that's all that matters. Like, if the world doesn't love you but my fans do, I'm, I'm still going to be here and still have a career. And if I'm not playing 10,000 seaters, but I'm playing 2,000 seaters, that's, dude, like, people, that's what I dreamt to be at. I just wanted to make a living making music, provide for my family. I never, like, I don't know if I have the ambition to be like, I need to be the number one artist. I'm not saying I don't want that or like, I'm not working towards that. Yeah, the purpose and the fuel is not derived I from won't that. be like upset if like, I never had a number one song. Some people want that though, which is fine. But that's never been really my drive. Um, but I will be upset if I be, get, be remembered as like, oh, this dude made like corny music and like his music was very like, uh, not timeless. I really mm -hmm. want to make time. I want like 30 years from, from like down the line, I want my kids to listen to my music and be like, dude, this shit is still fire. You know, it's still, that. you know, and... That's what I'm trying to focus on. That's, I mean, so that's was, yeah. the right alignment and the right yeah. goals. Yeah. That's called pure intention. Yeah. And I'm trying to just, yeah, exactly, man. That's why we all should be focused on as artists. Totally. You know? And that's the artists that work, that last, are the people who do that. So it's not even like, I'm like such a like, smart, nice, it's like mm -hmm. that, why do you think Adele is still Adele or Taylor Swift is still Taylor Swift? It's because they stuck true to themselves. They never changed. They never wavered. They never like, you know, like Taylor Swift could have easily went super pop. And she did sometimes, but she always came back to like, 
her Swifties or whatever they call her fans, like she stuck true to her fans, and that's why her fans ride for her forever. Lady Gaga is still doing that. Like those those artists that have those fan bases, that's what I want. I want people to love me for me. And so, if I want to change my sound, they'll still love me. And if I don't, they'll still love me. Um, and that's hard to build, but that takes time to build. That you don't build that off a hit record. You no. build that off the like consistent. Cons- yeah, that's it. That's the thing. That's what I want to build. So, do you have a date in your head for this album? I mean, I don't. I mean, I haven't even talked to my management or they don't even know about. It. You guys are the first people to really know about it. <laughs> I mean, other than my friends and my collaborators, so they might be like, "What's, what's this guy talking about promoting a new album?" Because I just dropped an album that I that I love, and I'm still going to promote on tour, right? So, but um, for me, that last album, for me, this is me personally. This might not be like what my brand would have like uh, that. Like last album, where you was me closing that chapter. I wanted to close that. It's you. What if I told you chapter? And kind of for me, start from scratch now to be like, okay, I built what I built. I have a foundation. And how do I now really take this thing to the next level? And instead of trying all these new things, I'm just going to go back to how I was started. Yeah, because I mean, you see it like even Gary Vee talks about it. It's like people blow up on social media and then like, I need to like find a new content now. And it's no. like, it's like Mr. Beast is a good example of that. He just keeps doing what he was mm-hmm. doing, just bigger and better and more elaborate. But he didn't just start like making like comedy skits or something. He just kept giving people stuff and being nice and like, I think that's what I'm gonna double down on because I'm. That's what I think I'm the best at is writing like dope love songs that are lyrical, that are emotional. Are they always ripped from your reality, or do you imagine? For the most part, like I definitely exaggerate sometimes. Like I'll feel something, and then I'm like, how can I make this more painful? Like you know, and so like I, I sometimes like imagine like, let's say like I go, I go on a bad date, but like or like let's say. I, sometimes like I'll meet a girl for example and like we don't even go on a date but I'm like I start thinking about like what if I did go on a date with her and then like it was three dates and I fell in love with her and then this happened and so it comes it stems from a real emotion but sometimes I like you go. turn it into a different story and then take that and take that or sometimes I just like my friend goes through something uh, dude sometimes like it's weird like I just hear music and like words come in my head and um, it just happens like it's not necessarily like this is what I went through and then later I'm like oh I gotta understand why these lyrics happened it's not like coming out of nowhere but I, oh, that's I'm, interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to be effortless with this next album. I'm trying not to try to make music or try to write a song. This, most of the songs that I'm working on have just come, I couldn't even tell you where how they were made. They just came to me and it felt right and I wrote them. Um, so you don't set time to sit down and make music. It's just whenever nature nah, calls. I mean, no. Nah. Before, like, nature. see, when, when you book studios <laughs> and stuff, it gets weird because you're like, dude, I'm paying $2,500 for the day. Like, I need to make it. Like, <laughs> this is going to add up. But now that I'm working at home, and I always was working at home before, but it was like, and it's like, even sessions, like the fact that I have like, okay, dude, on Thursday, you're working with this writer and this producer. And it's like, what if I'm not feeling it on Thursday? I don't know. Or like, what if Wednesday was a great day and now Thursday I'm like out of ideas. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that idea of that pressure. So now I'm just like, yeah, if I feel, I, I go on TikTok live a lot and write songs with my fans. Like oh, I'll that's just, yeah, really so I've been cool. doing that. So some of the songs on this next, next album are from that. Um, wow. And I like that because it's like, it's I, it's documented. Some some of the fans have those clips, yeah. and so if if something happens one day in one of those songs, there's like a whole. And I'll go on for like an hour and a half sometimes. I'll sign, I've written full songs on live, and That's like sick. see before like people would be like, you can't do that. You're leaking the whole song, and it's like, dude, who cares? No, because like, they're only getting a, a glimpse of the beginning process. They're and, not getting and, the and, end result. And even if let's say it is the end, let's say I make a song start to bottom, the whole song is leaked. And like it's, and it's I, I truly believe, like dude, if the song is magic, it, there's nothing that can stop magic. Like there's totally. nothing that could stop. Some like you know, and and that's what I'm trying to focus on. Like, dude, I just need to make the best music I can make, that I think is the best music specifically too. Not like what I think you might think the best music is. 
And dude, like, if the world doesn't love it, like, well, I'm not gonna go people's houses and force them to like my song, right? It's like, <laughs> it's not up to me. It's like, my one of my producer friends, Dan, we always say, it's like, dude, you don't make the hits. The fans make the hit. That's true. You make the song, and you can make the well, your favorite song, but you don't you don't get to, like, I don't decide if it's a hit, right? No, the and people decide. You, the P, and even now, you see, like, as much budget as you are, you could be the biggest mm-hmm. artist and put all the playlists and all that. Doesn't matter dude, shit. It, you could, and now people know when it's, like, forced. Like, dude, like, you could tell. Things are... Things are happening because they're happening because people love it. And I think the fans n- know how to like read between the BS now. They know. And so being authentic is how you build community. And th- I'm trying to focus on that. Yeah. The internet has made people both incredibly stupid and also smart, yeah, right? And you can just tell when something's forced, man. Yeah. You, just, like, you feel the energy is off, especially with music because like, it's supposed to be such a pure thing, you know? But, but uh, There's nothing I hate more than a forced feature. Do you think features are important? Yeah, like... I, no, I don't. But like, yeah, I I agree with you, man. You know, like I think, yeah. I mean, on set you have seventeen songs. There's only two features. Did yeah. they both come like naturally? I mean, we talked about Max, but how yeah. about Kalani? Max was definitely very natural. Kalani wasn't as natural. I mean, Kalani's a dope artist. There's nothing to take away from her. But it was definitely like my management and label. Like we need to get a big feature. And like, I I've like met her at the video. She was great. She's awesome. But like we don't like me and Max were friends. Like he mm-hmm. he started that. I mean he. He reached out, I think, to collaborate, or maybe I had reached out, I don't know, but it wasn't just like, here's a song, and like, here's my fee, and like, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, okay, like, I'll come for an hour for the video. It was like a friendship. I went to his house, met his family, you went to his, his mom's parents. house, went to his parents' house. Yeah, I went to his parents' house. house. <laughs> like, he showed me a studio, he like, he gave me advice. Like, it was a, we became friends, and then the collaboration was easier to, it was like, you know, and, and I supported it as if it was my own song, mm-hmm. because it felt like that. It didn't feel like this is Max's song, and I'm just a part of it. And Kalani was still like that. She still came out to the video, she showed love, she supported it. But it wasn't as natural, um, and I think the fans could tell, man. You know, mm-hmm. you know. And there were some other features my label wanted me to do, and I'm like, dude, like, no one's gonna like. Th- th- it's like I'm not gonna say who, but it was like big artists. But I was like, dude, like, people are gonna look at this and be like, what's going on here? Like, we know these mm-hmm. people don't don't like know each other, mingle, or like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And it was like, I think I'm over that. I think that's just me and being insecure, maybe, and allowing like external factors to. Oh, but like if I have this, like Kalani's a huge artist. Like she's selling arenas, and like obviously it kind of makes me look bigger. Hmm. But I think it's like fake. It's like, but like, do Kalani fans really want to listen to my music? I don't know. Like it's pretty different, you know. Yeah. I don't know. But and, also, is the song good? And see, like that song was good. I like the look a lot, and I shouldn't be like, I guess, down talking my own music. But I'm just here to be honest, and it's like that's not my sound, right? Uh-huh. And so I think a lot of my fans were like, dude, this is a cool song, but what does this have to do with like with what we came here for? And yeah. I think my issue. And like I've been saying, is like I need to get back to focusing on my fans and what my fans want. But and that's all that matters. Like but this album you have sitting somewhere, it's the, the fans that. will love it. I know my fans will love it. Now, will my fan base grow and will it become huge? That's and I don't know, right? TBD, it, but that's okay. But I know my existing fan base, like you know, like my core fan base, the people who are going to come to my shows, they will love it because I know what they love because I know, I know why they're here, bro. You feed them and the rest will fall into place. That's what I'm going to focus on, and I think. I'm gonna have like that conversation with my management label before I go on tour and be like, look, when I'm off tour, when I'm done tour, because I'm gonna say this to my fans on tour. Right I'm gonna let them know because I like talk. I, I'm planning to talk during my show. Like, I've seen some shows that people just kind of music all yeah. the way. I get bored at those shows, kind of, and like I feel like you don't sell your personality as much. And I've always been big on like, dude, there's gonna be people there who like only know one song, you know, or two songs, or some people just get dragged to be there. Like, oh, like someone's girlfriend might bring him and he's like I don't want to listen to this dude mm. sing and like I think the way to win though those people over and and also win the fans that love you over like they know the songs and they know I have a good voice they like my voice that's why they're coming 
But if I can sell them a little, not sell them, that's the wrong word. If I can like show them a little more of my personality and make them be like, oh, now I remember why I like this dude. This is why I paid $30 for whatever to come here. I think that's the stuff that lasts, you know? Oh, yeah. And obviously music lasts forever, but... Um, no, people want to so, get to know you and look you in the eyes and like yeah. Have a conversation. So I think I'm gonna try to have that conversation with the fans and be like, "Yo, look, this past year or two, maybe I haven't been like as like I haven't given to my fans how much I wish I did, you know." And and I kind of I really strayed away from what got me here, and I think that was my biggest mistake. But I think now I'm very focused on like I'm gonna stick to my roots and what I believe in. And I really do believe in my heart. If I do it long enough, I'm not saying the first song I drop in my head, like every song is gonna be the biggest song. But I think if I just consistently release the music that I love, that I believe in, something's gonna, something's gonna oh, click. Oh fuck yeah! I, I truly it, believe that. That's how it worked the first time. It's how it worked. And but when when it worked, then I had no doubts. You know, I never said like I'm gonna blow up in June. I was like I'm gonna blow up for sure. <laughs> and I just kept putting out music, and it worked. And now it's been very more, more like the album's coming this day, so I need this single on this day to be the big one because it's gonna promote my tour. And it's like, dude, that's so backward. Yeah. That now I'm just be like, no, no, no more pressure, no more. Yeah, I'm just gonna manifest, make music I love, release it, and let 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 the like go, let, go back yeah. to what started this whole fucking thing. Exactly, man. Is this why you've never opened for someone? Because like your fan base is very important to you. My first opportunity to tour was. Uh, to open up for Alec Benjamin, and it was just like right when it's you came out, and me and we, that. me and him had like a friendship. We're still, really, he's like one of my closest friends in music. Uh, I just went to his show; it was awesome a couple days ago. Um, and I was supposed to go, and then I was like, at that time, and I had a different ma management at the time. I was like, yo, I really think I could sell my own show. It's not as big as Alec; he's established at that time. But I was like, why don't I just do my own shows? And then no one believed in me. My team didn't. They were like, no, you can't sell your own shows. You just have one song. And I'm like, trust me, I'm not just like a one song. Like I know this song is why a lot of new people come, but I, I have. Mm -hmm bands like mm -hmm. i know and they were like nah and then so i posted i posted on twitter i, I wrote to me like uh where should i come where should i do my sh first show and then i like uh screenshot it and put it on instagram and dude i got like fifty thousand comments or something and i was like dude what are you guys talking about there's a lot of <laughs> and they were like no like instagram doesn't connect to like real life and i'm like and i was like dude you're you not believing in me and so i canceled and nothing against alec i'm a huge fan of alec to be honest like a very big fan of his music but i was just like dude like i could have my own show and like I want my own show. I don't want to sing for someone else's fans and then I'm going to know who I am. And like, also like, I just feels cooler to be like, yo, I feel like these mm. people came for me and I don't care if like I could play in front of 10,000 people with a superstar. I'd rather play for 700 that want me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I realized kind of like, dude, am I in the right management situation? Like people don't like tell me I can't do this. And then like I sold out a world tour like <laughs> months later with my new man. It was just, like, nothing had changed. I was, so it was like, you got to trust your gut. I need to get back to trusting my gut because I think you should hear all yeah. opinions, but ultimately it's up to yeah. you. I need to just, yeah. And honestly, I've, I've started to learn now too. Like, um, like I'm kind of tired of like, I'm not going to really show too much music, I think, to anyone other than my fans anymore. Because like, sometimes like I write a song like that, the Scared of Love, I love, right? I think mm -hmm. it's amazing. And Ozzy loves it. He's my best friend, so I always show him. And like my engineer, we write whatever. But like, what if I show it to my manager and he's like, dude, I don't think this is dope. That's going to kill my excitement. And it's gonna even if I love it, it's like I might even play for you, and you might like it, but not give me the reaction I wanted you yeah, to have. Of course. And then that kind of like ruins all my excitement. And I'm like, dude, I've done that so many times. Don't. And it's probably ruined like the frequency in which like Russ had this thing where he was like, dude, artists don't act on um, like enthusiasm anymore because like I write a song and I want to release it. By the time my label and manager and everything aligns and timing works, song comes out like seven months later. I'm like, dude, I'm not even like excited anymore. Yeah, you know, done. I'm not. 
But back in the day, it wasn't like that for me. Like, I wrote It's You and snippeted it the next day. Yeah, and then it was like, and that, that still took like six months to come out because it was like, no, we need to write. right. And I'm like, dude, like everyone wants this song. People are begging for a song. Why am I going to put it out? Even now I see it, like independent artists, like they have like viral stuff on TikTok and they're like, I'm like, I'm like dude, put it out. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you, you might not, this might not last more than a month. This, and so it's like, but people like have this like, we need to build, I need to shoot a video. And people don't care. And no. you know, like, if you have dude. that ready and you were, and you knew then great. I put it to you out with no video. The lyric video has like, I don't know how, like 400 million views and the music video has like 100. It's like, people don't care, man. Yeah, we want authenticity and people want to be understood by the songs yeah. they listen to and they also want to escape. Like, and you do that. So go back to what that was. Yeah, and I think yeah, people are, are not realizing. I, I knew this early on because I was doing the snippet stuff before. Dude, my label used to get mad at me for snippet. Like, You're leaking your music. I'm like, who cares? I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> well, like, great, people are listening. This is amazing. Like, But now it's like, that's like the only way to put out music. You have to leak it onto the talk. <laughs> And so I'm like, dude, I've been doing this. I got to find a kind of a more creative way to do it because everyone's doing yeah, what I was doing it. before. So I, I'm trying to find a way to kind of reinvent the wheel. But it's also like, you can't wait too long, man. You can't wait too If you have like a huge viral trend, then you're good. doesn't matter. That won't matter anyway then. But if you have like a little bit, this is like for like more independent artist advice or even like sign artists. If you, have, if you see a little if people are asking you to give music, give it to them. Because because the other way is you're gonna put out music and you're gonna ask them to listen yeah, we'll and they're not gonna listen then. you know so it's like Fuck and you gotta keep, like what's that it's like seventy thousand songs come out every week or something crazy like that on Spotify alone so it's like even this whole idea like I, I think I'm gonna tell my label imagine like I want to drop a song like every three weeks next year like mm. every th or at least every three weeks and then people might be like but you're diluting the market I'm like dude like I'm not like. Michael Jackson. I'm not diluting the market. No one cares. My fans are going to be happy. Like, who am I to think that I'm going to dilute the market? Or like, like, who am I? People don't care. Like, the people who aren't checking are not going to check. No. And then people might check like week three and not, or like month three and not month one. But they're not going to be like, dude, this guy just released too much music. I don't like him anymore. Like, it's like, if okay, Drake can't do that. Sure. Yeah. Obviously. Like, dude, you're like, but I'm like, I'm not at that level where it matters. And like. I think it's too much overthinking, dude. Totally, you just gotta keep. Swinging. I think it's too much overthinking. I'm, I'm gonna take that approach. That's... I'm like, I'm just gonna swing, and just believe that these aren't half court shots. These are like three point shots, and I'll score one. And I might not score. I might have like a ten percent accuracy, but that's all you need. And, keep and, shooting. And I'm gonna keep shooting, man. That's that's I'm my goal. All you said it. All you need is a ten percent yeah. accuracy. You just gotta hit in music. You gotta hit once. You can hit once and be good for life, yeah. right? And that's not even my goal. I'm not even trying to like, oh, I need a hit so I can like buy a Lamborghini. Like, I don't care. So it's like, the worst case is I put out a bunch of music next year and nothing becomes a hit, but my fans are engaged, active, happy. Fed. And I'm, I have a bigger catalog than I started. That's, that's, that's my worst case. It's like amazing, you know? And the best case is one of them takes off and then like, great. I just keep, and even if one takes off, you have a, you have a hit, you can't release more music. Like you're going to kill the song. Nothing no. can kill a song, bro. <laughs> like I'm starting to learn that. Like I've always thought this, but I kind of got too labely. I think that was my problem. I got too much in the system. And the reason I was always big was because I was not labely. Dude, I released. Yeah, you weren't the system. I released Remedy and Moonlight, which are two of my top like 10 songs, two weeks apart. Mm. And they're Moonlight's like platinum and Remedy will probably be gold soon. You know, two weeks apart. They didn't kill each other. It's like nothing. People don't like. It's not. I don't know. But I could be wrong. But this is what I want to do. And I'm going to do it. And time will tell. You live, you learn, you grow. Yeah. And I got to be different because every other artist is taking that label approach. Yes. And they're doing that. We have two singles, two big videos, one big feature, album comes out, pre-save out. And it's like, cool, if you're like, if you're Taylor Swift, yeah, that'll work. Because everyone's tuning in. Like, yeah, you can, Taylor Swift can drop an album tomorrow, be number one. It doesn't matter, you know? But she's built over the years. Yeah. Like, but when you're me, it's like, nobody cares. Like, people care. And I don't want to say that. I don't want to sound negative. But 
I have the freedom to do whatever I want. And like, even if it doesn't work, like, okay, my fans are never going to be sad that I put too much music out or I was too active on social media. Like, so it's like, what am I scared There's of? I'm no scared of the people lose. that don't know me that might not ever have been my fan anyway. It's like, yeah. No, this is the right gamble and the right thing to do. I just don't even think it's a gamble because what no, am I, what am I gonna lose? It's not. You're losing nothing. Nothing. It's no. worst case, how self-aware you are. Yeah, like the my worst case is I go I gain zero fans, and I lose maybe some like not fans that were the like, kind of fans. But like this dude's annoying. He's making too much music. Like, but like <laughs> no, you like me because I make music. Like I can't see anyone being like <laughs> no. this dude just put out too many songs. Okay, if I go crazy about a hundred songs or something, okay, maybe then no one will be excited and to listen to my stuff, and not every song can sound the same. That's for sure. I got to be diverse. Maybe I'll do some rap stuff. Like, so that's important. Like, if I just drop like ten ballads in a row, I could see it getting boring. Like, dude, like, what's going on? But even then, man, like, no, I, I think I'm switching up my approach next year. I'm really gonna try to reinvent the wheel and really show other artists too that like, you don't have to go down. You don't need to do like the standard rollout. And I, I think that th that's dead to be honest. I agree. Opinion. I agree. And, like TikTok is proving that. Like you know, next year. Like maybe like eight months, nine months from now, come back on our show. We'll do a stats yeah, we, update. We'll do we'll do a, we'll do a stats uh, comparison. Yeah, we'll do like a nice side yeah. by side. Yeah, we'll do. You know what we'll do? We'll do. I think the Spotify rap thing or whatever. Like you know, they, I don't know if Amazon, and Apple do that stuff. They're like year end. Yeah. We'll see this year and we'll see next year. <laughs> I have to convince my label and manager, but I'm I'm just gonna tell them. I'm not even gonna ask. I'm gonna make do. This is what I want to do. If you guys don't like it, then figure it out. Like I'm doing it. This is, this is you're on the record. Now. Yeah, like yeah, I'm doing it. I mean, hopefully they, I tell them before they hear this. I'm like, I'll tell them this week. But I'm just, dude, I believe in the plan so much. I've put so much like positive energy and manifestation into this next plan that I have to at least try for myself. Yeah. I'm gonna tell them this. Let me do this for like my mental health. Like I need to know mm -hmm. if I'm tripping or you guys are. But I, if, and, if they believe in you and, and they believe will. in the art that you put out, they're gonna support you. I, think, I have a great, okay. I have a great relationship with my label. They've never. They give their advice, but they've never like tried to force me to do it. So I'm not like. Also, I don't want to make it like I'm blaming my mm. management and label. It, we've been all together. I'm like, dude, a feature would be cool. Like Kalani is an awesome artist. That would be nice. So I'm trying and learning. But every time I try something new, I'm like, dude, why don't I just do things like how I did before? Like that's always worked better. I know yeah. I've rambled about it, but I'm passionate no, about it. it. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. passionate about it. And dude, like yesterday, I went through all my songs with my best friend, my two best friends, uh, and my engineer. And they were like, dude, this is this is like this is gonna work. They, we believe in it. And I'm like, dude, this is like, it's the most confident I've felt in a while in my music. And I feel like that's when things work too, when your energy's aligned and you're like, oh uh, yeah, you know, if I'm doubting myself, why would the world believe in me, right? And so, amen. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go hard this next after this tour, and and I'm starting it smart because I'm gonna promote one of the songs on you tour. Should. I'm gonna sing it, and I'm gonna tell all my fans like, dude, I'm singing this for you guys because you came to my show. And so th that song, the first song is going to have its in kind of grown fan base from tour, right? And so, and I'm obviously going to snippet it and stuff. And so I think it's, I'm kickstarting it in a cool way. So hopefully that helps. I'm just stay consistent, man. I'm excited for you. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm glad you guys believe in my, in nah, my, in my fuck yeah, I, uh, I really do love the music you've been putting out. And I you, love man. where you started and I'm so thank excited you. to watch you keep going. And you got to see him on tour. There's a link in the description below. Also, if you want to. Uh, listen uh, to all of Oligati's discography. You can listen to it on Amazon Music, but there's going to be a link to listen wherever you want below. What are you thinking over there, Daniel? Hey, shout out Johnny Orlando. He's joining you, right? Johnny Orlando. We actually made a song together. I, I wonder if it's going to come out before tour or not. He sent me a song. He's cool, man. He's like low-key from one. the same city I'm yeah, from in, in Canada. He's from like Mississauga. He was born in the same city I grew up in. Cool dude, man. Awesome dude. I'm happy. Uh, it's just crazy because like when I first got the tour thing started, I was supposed to be an opener and now I have my own opener and it's like, 
sick, man. I'm excited. I think the fans are gonna love him. I'm excited, dude. Like this tour has been. I've never been on tour. I did six shows. That wasn't really a tour. Like there's a tour bus and all. Like, there's a whole. <laughs> there's a whole thing behind it. And I'm just grateful because most like Max, he's something like, dude, you're getting a tour bus like first tour, dude. I was like, we're driving like a van. Like True. his wife was selling merch and stuff, and I'm like, yeah. And that's probably why he's such a good performer. Max is an amazing performer. Dude, Max can perform uh, to literally two people and love every. And second thing of is, it. he's just so confident. Like, he yeah. comes because he came out to, on Coachella with me, and I'm Did like, he come twice. Two he weekends? came both nights. Yeah, and he was just. Uh, I was like, dude, I could learn from this dude. Like he's yeah. just not scared. You know, I don't even think he, I don't even know if he gets nervous. Like. But he's also, he's like, dude, I've done a thousand shows probably. Oh, that's, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I've done eight. Like, it makes yeah. sense. Like, I could see, you could see the difference. His mic stopped working. He, like, grabbed my mic. That. He was, he didn't, I was stressed. I was, like, sweating. I was like, his mic's not working. What am I going to do? But. No, he was flawless. He, he's such a good performer. Alec, too. Alec Benjamin, yes. same, same kind of thing in a different way. And so, I'm glad I have friends like that because I could learn from them. And I asked him advice. Like, I was, I was just at Alex's show in LA and I was like, dude, like, how many outfits do I take? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, dude, should I, like, fly for it? And he's like, it's good to have that. And Alex like real with me. He'll like tell me straight up, like, oh dude, by the way, like this market's selling really hard right now. Just like be careful, like, don't worry. And he's like, even things like, dude, don't worry if like a show doesn't sell out, like, don't let it get to your head. Perform for your fans, learn how to perform. Like, that's the stage that's you're cool. at. You're not I'm not at the stage where I'm supposed to be. I mean, hopefully everything sells out. And things have been moving pretty well, but who cares if it's he's like, dude, if it's eighty percent sold, because he knows I'll overthink like eighty percent, like like oh, I'm, I'm like I, I kinda overthink. And I've never experienced like, dude, there might be a show that ends up being like seventy percent sold, but he's like, dude. You gotta factor in like how crazy that is, like, cause I'm doing like fifteen hundred to three thousand seaters on my That's first so tour. He's like, dude, like, cause he tells me he's like, dude, I've done like five hundred seaters and not Alec, but other artists I've talked to. He's like, he's like, dude, I've done five hundred seaters and like thirty people come and you do the show, you know. <laughs> and so like, yeah. And so I'm reminding myself. And like, <laughs> by the way, I've been at first of all, I've seen Alec <laughs> Benjamin perform to maybe twenty people in a homeless guy with a tambourine at wow. a coffee shop in Santa Monica. <laughs> Sounds like a good show. I've watched Max perform to. Wow. Probably a, a room that's made for a thousand, but maybe there's only a couple hundred. And that's why they're so good, Yeah, man. but dude, it's in the shittiest... No wonder there's a couple hundred. It's in the shittiest bumblefuck Columbia <laughs> at some random fucking casino. Yeah. Yeah. In a room you should have been booked in. Yeah. And I watched, and he... By the way, the show that it. Max gives for fucking two people is the show he gives for 150,000 people. That's why he's a good performer, he's man. incredible. And that's what I'm... I'm Alex, too, uh, dude. Yeah, Alex... Those guys are, like, also just incredible singers. Oh, yeah. Those guys, like... No auto tune, no nothing. They're just like, put no, them they, anywhere. They'll start singing, you literally. know? And so, but it's cool to have like honest friends. Like, Max sent me like his like, this thing you could buy to like, uh, it's like Nebulizer a, or something. something like, yeah, he's like, he, he sent me like a whole like PDF of like, don't eat tomatoes because like, I don't like them. I love them. It's like, and they're just helpful they're, cause they're, because we built a genuine friendship, yeah. right? It's not like, I don't think Max and Alec are just my friends because, because they like trying to get something out of me and it's no. the same thing towards me. And so like, it's cool to have friends that have done like five tours and I can ask them advice because like, Getting advice from an artist is different than getting advice from even like a tour manager or like or my my, yeah. my musical director He's done multiple tours, but it's like they don't experience what I'm with the artist experience is a whole different thing Right, and obviously I got to find my kind of how I can make it the most comfortable I'm nervous man. I'm nervous. I've been rehearsing every day. It's I'm, okay. I'm definitely nervous, but I think I'm more nervous about like tour life than the performances I'm more nervous about like if I'm gonna sleep enough or if I'm gonna like eat healthy or, yeah, or like being anxious system. and stuff like that the show itself, usually, I think, is the easiest part. I mean, I wouldn't know, but that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> well, <laughs> you need to go and see him. See if he can fuck yeah. it up or if he yeah. kills it. <laughs> You're going to kill yeah. it. You're going to fucking yeah. break a leg. I'm excited, man. Hopefully, you guys can come to the LA show. Oh, we're inviting ourselves. Awesome. I know Dan will be there. Uh, awesome. Yep. But you should go, too. Link in the description below. Also, if you want to listen to Aligati's music, link there as well. Final thoughts, Daniel. I think we covered it all. 
We did. We covered a lot here. Yeah, just believe in yourself. Trust your gut. To anybody listening, any artist that's listening, that I know some some artists will listen for inspiration. Like you have to trust your gut, and anybody that questions your gut feeling, um, you might have to cut them out of your life, man, because you will not succeed trying to become somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're only ever going to succeed in life in anything, being yourself, because you're a one of one creation. That's that's the cool thing about you being here, and so. That's what I'm telling myself. Next year, I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be Fuck back yeah. here, and I promise my plan is going to work because I believe it will. I, you're manifesting yeah. it on that couch that has manifest, seen some of the most powerful manifestors in the world manifest shit right there. It's gonna happen. Um, and it's like, happen. insert compilation of every superstar that's manifested <laughs> something in that seat. And. It's a lot. Uh, It'll so work, man. fuck yeah! I look forward to seeing you. Thank you at your show, but also Thank again you, next man. year. Aligati, everybody. Woo. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and hanging out. Really appreciate you giving us your time and energy. It means a lot. And uh, let us know who we should talk to next at Zach Sang Show. We're always around. Reach out. Plus, subscribe to our podcast. Share it with those you care about. And try out Copuff Zach Ten. Use the code. You'll save ten bucks off your first two orders. Appreciate you. And be safe. Hug your family if you can. At a minimum, remind them that you love them. Don't go to jail. And have a great day. Keep listening to music because it helps make the world go around, okay? I'll talk to you real soon. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Villa Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez Crook. Our post production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>